0: Okay, well, I started this podcast to help with uncovering and unmasking some of the hard truths in our church and society so we together can go on a journey to take the right and prompt Catholic Christian action. So I'm just an ordinary guy and I'm trying to do the right thing in my Catholic life and I've really been troubled by a lot of the stuff that's happened recently with the election and coronavirus, as I'm sure you have as well. So I'm just starting this podcast to go on a journey to take action. Too long I've just ruminated and thought and fretted and worried about what's going on, but now it's time to take action. So if you want to come with me and join me, I'd love to have you listen in and let's do this together. May I present you, Daddy! Thank you, Master. Appreciate it, Master. Okay, so we're starting this podcast off strong. We're going to talk about unmasking the truth in our church and our society so we can take right action. And, uh, of course, we need to talk about what is right action and what does that mean for us as Christian Catholics in our society today with so many alternative realities or alternative uh, Just relative arguments out there. What is the truth and how do we seek it and uh, take action to help to uncover it and also to live it out in our lives? That's what uh, we're going to be talking about today, and specifically we're going to be talking about, in the words of St. Paul, so that we with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. So my goal is to get us, myself and you, the listeners, to take right and prompt Catholic Christian action. So thankfully there's there's many now podcasters out there who strive to, you know, unveil these harsh realities and maybe some say might might say theories about our current events in our church and our society. So I want to take that to the next level. So inform you about these. Uh, podcasters that are out there uh, and who are talking about these ideas, and take that so you're informed, and then take it to the next level of what can you do in your life, in your situation that's right for you, you and your family? What can you actually do? What concrete steps and actions can you take to make a difference in your life and the lives of others to bring about the kingdom of God? So that, as St. Paul said, we can be changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. So the first thing I'm going to do is just read from this wonderful insight and uh, letter that comes from a family in Omaha, Nebraska. And this is uh, a letter that they wrote to friends and, and just listeners and just some of the excerpts are really profound about unmasking, and and the the literal during this time of coronavirus, um, what masks do to us, and unmasking uh, the truth of 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 what it is. So let's get into it a little bit. So there's now an implication that a person who shows his face outside at a park, at the store, or even in church, might be regarded as inconsiderate, and even in the very practice of showing their faith in God. So they're giving a response to this, how above all the other considerations that simply revolve around a mask's effectiveness, this response is to the other things that it can do. So to have a comprehensive appreciation of the issue of masks, we have to look directly at the global communist revolution underway. This is their words. Communistic errors are first bought into for some reason or another, but their consequences reveal their evil by being fundamentally anti-God and anti-human. Communism, sounding altruistic and humane in its origins to some, actually, when analyzed in its application, takes the complete beauty, the life, out of living. By becoming faceless members of society reduced only to our capacity to spread disease, has at its end the same end that communism does the dehumanization of the individual person and robs us of the pinnacle source of beauty in God's created world. So they're saying that we are, we are becoming not a subject, not a subject of the Lord, but we're becoming an object of people to change and to modify and to do what others will and what, do, do what we will even with our own bodies and our own persons. So, continuing on. Communism, by taking God out, puts man at the center of all. Everything is interpreted through man's perceptions, giving no credence to revealed truths coming from God himself. The reality is the human person is made in the image of God, and moreover, the human face has a very important role to play in communicating God to others. In fact, there is a little-known devotion that sheds light on importance of the human face. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in The mid-1800s gave to a Discount Carmelite the explicit directive to promulgate a devotion to his holy face. And this was in order to make reparation for the sins of blasphemy against the holy name of God and the profanation of Sundays and Holy Days. In addition, it was to be a spiritual weapon against communists. Is it a coincidence that the face of our Lord is given to us as the weapon to fight communism? God has a face, in the words of a recent document from an FSSP parish. The face simply communicates the personhood of a person, unlike anything else. If a baby is deprived of his mother's face for a time through a mask, the baby will cry, will be inconsolable until the mother takes the mask off. When someone dies, a great and terrible emptiness may be perceived in the face of the deceased. For a person is known through his face and he directs all his actions from his eyes, which are now closed until the general resurrection of the dead. It is not just the eyes, though. It is the eyes with the face that is needed to convey the identity of a person. If the eyes do not agree with the face, we suspect something is amiss. Someone can smile. Yet if the smile does not agree with the eyes, our natural reaction is to think the smile fake or malevolent. The human face is the display of virtue or vice, a sign to the world of the inner character of a person. We remember St. Damien of Molokai, who upon his first visit to minister at a leper colony, looked at the face of a man stricken with the disease. This look moved the man to tears as the priest did not look away. His gratitude was coupled with amazement when he held his hand out to help the priest up to the boat and St. Damien took it without gloves on the news of this humane contact spread quickly amongst the souls on that Island that a priest had arrived who cared for them and perhaps even might love them. We can only imagine the immense letdown that would have occurred if father Damien had arrived with a surgical mask and surgical gloves. To take out the human face, human touch in this life is to resign ourselves to live in a world without our humanity, without depth, feeling, and love. The face is the means by which we communicate God to others. When we pay attention to someone's face and show them our own filled with the charity of God, we ourselves act as agents of Christ's love. How can you possibly fulfill the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself? From Mark 12, 31. When you treat your neighbor as a leper, or when you approach the human person and even yourself from a place of fear or guilt. Perfect love casts out all fear. Our life while on earth is fraught with dangers, but we must not accept a solution to something with a 99% survival rate that robs us of our humanity. Communism begets thoughts of difference and hate, and hatred begins when we dehumanize others. When we lump individuals into a single homogenous group, lacking any individuality or personhood, restraints against aggression and violence become begin to disappear. It is wisdom to look not only at the arguments for something, in this case masks, but to see what their consequences are. Do the ends justify the means? Charity is not masking up, which is the argument for them, but rather charity is to to lay one's life to lay down one's life for one's friends from John 1 5:13 all love if it wishes wishes to be true cannot bear an intermediary heart to heart only finds its repose in face to face now we see god with the aid of a mirror and in a blessed manner then it will be face to face now my knowledge is in part then i shall see i shall know god as i am known to him There is a greater thing to fear in this life than death. It is the death of the soul. And what power is there in a glance, in a look, in a face-to-face encounter? Consider the many blows which our Savior's face received, the spittle, the lacerations, the actual markings of his beloved face, and that all this was done in order to destroy the divine works represented in his face. And consider that tender look of grief and compassion that our blessed Lord gave to St. Peter after his three denials. That look held within it, the power to bring St. Peter back from despair to love and repentance. And consider that person all alone in the hospital, alone and unable to see the faces of those they love, and separated from the only other human means of love. The look of compassion from a doctor or a nurse, the only people permitted to look at them. We all desire to be loved, especially in moments as trying as these, and that takes a person really looking at us and not turning away. While it is important to consider the sort of remedies we ought to employ to treat the bodies of the sick, the cure cannot be worse than the disease, and it has to be taken into consideration that This is a whole person. It is tremendously important to consider that we are changing how we view ourselves and our fellow man when we insist that all wear masks. Without considering the long-term ramifications by complying to mask wearing, you are becoming programmed to view yourself and others only in terms of their capacity to spread disease. And consider too what happens in the will which affects the soul of a person who wears a mask despite fundamentally disagreeing with them out of their principles or out of their understanding of the immune system, or whatever reasons, but they feel no other option. The will is weakened, and without regaining what is lost, can with further pressure descend into outright apostasy. So requiring masks in Catholic churches is a much graver problem, they go on to say, as it clashes with both natural goods of human fellowship and our identity as persons, as well as the supernatural reality of what we are doing when we assemble to pray in the name of and in the presence of Christ. Belief in the dignity of the human person and the power of God are undermined in the same way the true presence is undermined when we receive Christ in our hands standing. Dr. Peter Kwasniewski says, the wearing of masks has a natural evil attached, namely that of obscuring half of the face of the person and that evil is transmitted into, liturgy, into the liturgy, where, in a symbolically heightened environment, it becomes a countersign. Remember, the logic of symbols in the liturgy is not the same as the logic of arguments with words. Something can be suggested or bodied forth with a symbol that would sound strange in verbal form. So even if the following statements are not declared outright or intended to be inferred, they are nevertheless suggested or bodied forth by the wearing of masks in church. These statements are number one. The Christ whose crucifixion the church building represents and whose life-giving flesh is present for sacrifice and communion is not the all-sufficient savior of body and soul. Number two, the health of the soul is inferior to and less urgent than the health of the body. Number three, we are endangering to and endangered by our fellow Christians. Number four, we are not willing to take reasonable risks when we do the single most important thing in our lives. So where do we go from here is the question. How do we take this, this wonderfully written article, exhortation by the Stein family, where do we go from here? How do we take this into action? What do we do? What do I do as just a family man trying to go about my day, living my Catholic faith? What action can I take based on what I've just learned? Well, I'm not advocating civil disobedience or anything like that. But I think one thing we can do is just make this known, more known, the effects, the ramifications of um, what wearing a mask can do beyond just the considerations you know, revolving around the effectiveness of the mask. What it can do to literally to our souls um, on a deep spiritual kind of level. So that's one thing, just make the information known, internalize it yourself. And then then the second thing I think it would be great that uh, I'm going to do in my family is to foster devotion to Christ's holy face. St. Athanasius said that, uh, on being asked what verse in the whole of scripture, the devils feared most. He replied that Psalm, which begins, and this is Psalm 68 verse one, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let those that hate him flee from before his face. So we're going to foster a devotion to Christ's holy face in our, in our family starting now. And, I think this will go a long ways towards helping with that. Another thing is you can make this known to others, like I said, spread to others and maybe even your parish priest. Now with, of course, with prudence in mind, because uh, I think one reason that, uh, one big reason that for instance, um, we need to protect the vulnerable in that regard. And there's a lot of older priests, half of the priests out there roughly are above 70 years old. So we obviously don't want to do something that's just going to make them even less effective from just a physical capacity as well. Our priests, we need to, to, to build up our priests and guard them and, and, and help them uh, in that regard. So there's two things there, and if you have any more that you can think of with regards to unmasking and um, the effects of masking and devotion to uh, Christ's holy face, I'd love to hear those. But in the meantime, we continue on, we soldier on. So with that, I hope you have a blessed first Sunday of Advent and a good start to your 2020 advent season happy new year and if you like the podcast and you like what you heard today please share it and subscribe and i'll catch you next time let's end in prayer with the hail mary and then a prayer to saint joseph hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death Amen. St Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.